Praise God. If you have your Bibles with you today, or have a Bible app, go ahead and get those out, and uh, let's get these things fired up, and go over to the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Is everybody ready? Ready, ready, ready. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Good things are going on around here. I keep hearing testimony after testimony of lives being changed. And that's what we're all about, huh? Amen, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, notice with me, and if you, if you would look at this, if, you're, if you have any you know, possibility of doing so. If not, listen real close. Verse 16 reads, Therefore we do not lose heart. Everybody say, I don't either. Amen. Amen. Don't lose heart. Never give up. Come on. Even though our outward man is perishing. What does that mean? Our outward man is perishing. Talking about the physical body basically growing older and older and older until you leave. Yeah? That doesn't mean you should give place to, uh, you know, physical problems and sicknesses and stuff and expect them to happen. No, no. Expect healing to work for you. Nevertheless, the longer you live, you know, some things will slow, slow down, right? Until your body is changed. If you're a believer, it'll be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, and, uh, and it'll be glorified one day. Thank you, Jesus. In the meantime, though your outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Everybody say, say I have an outward man, and I have an inward man. Amen. That's true. You have an outside and you have an inside. And I'm not talking blood and guts. <laughs> there is the physical part of us, and then there is the, the spiritual part of us. Um, verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. A moment means like, what, 120 years? Moment, here, gone. Light affliction means stonings, beatings, <laughs> In the deep, those are all the things the writer of this went through. He was highly persecuted. So that's light affliction. So anything that we have that may be less than that, we might call it extra light. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it is, it's just for a minute. It's just for a minute. But for a moment, which is working for us a far more, a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are eternal, are, are, are temporary. Excuse me. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Now that might sound a little bit odd to use language like that, but he literally did say, we, we look at things that cannot be seen. We look at the unseen. We don't look at the seen, because that stuff's temporary. It's subject to change. It's alterable, bendable, moldable, pliable. Things that you see are not permanent. But there are some things in the unseen realm that are totally fixed, they're permanent, they'll not be moved, 
And so if you ever want to live a solid life, you know, if you ever want to be super secure and firm, fix it in the unseen realm. If every part of our lives are tied to the seen, the natural world, then our lives are going to be, you know, like the boat on the ocean, up and down and being pushed around by the the currents and waves. But if we're tied to something in the unseen realm, it's like an anchor to our soul. It holds us solid. It holds us secure. But but again, it's interesting uh, how he says we look at what we can't see. Should we do that for a moment? Everybody go. <laughs> I mean, it almost seems like a, you know, a paradox there. How do you look at something you can't see? But we are to do that. See, there are things seen and unseen in the world. We're told to look at the unseen. There is, we could say it this way. There is a natural world. There is a spiritual world. We're in both right now at the same time. We don't perceive the spiritual world with our physical senses, with our, our sight, with our hearing. We, don't, uh, we, we can't see the spiritual world, but that doesn't mean uh, that it doesn't exist. What we see with our physical eyes is not everything that there is. Okay, And we might give that a wink and a nod and, and, and agree with that. Hopefully we do. If, if this is new th- thinking to you, then you know, stay tuned. You're already here, so you might as well hear me out and, uh, and see if there's any validity to what we're talking about, right? Uh, but even if we already accept that, let's, let's stir up our, our thinking. Let's stir up our, our consciousness, if you will, our awareness that there is a spirit world and there is a physical world. There is a, a seen realm and an unseen realm. For, for, for us to think otherwise is really not that bright. I mean, I mean, just to, if someone said, well, I don't believe there's anything beyond what I can see. Well, I mean, seriously, even, if, even, even in the scientific realm, you can look at over the last number of years and see uh, there have been a number of discoveries made. They found things they didn't know were there. That means previously they said, nope, this doesn't exist. If you were to bring a certain concept of certain invisible elements, uh, they would say, no, that doesn't exist. Well, how do you know? Because I can't see it. <laughs> we don't have any evidence or proof of that. So it, we would say it doesn't exist. But yet a few years later, hey, look, guess what? This exists now. Well, thing is, it's been there the whole time, right? Certain, certain uh, realities, physical realities have been there all along. But people don't know about them because they can't see them. But we should always approach from this standpoint, at least from this, um, this theoretical perspective, that just because I don't see something does not mean that it's not there. I am not limited in my understanding by only what I see. In fact, that it's just the opposite. There is a whole spirit world that is um, around us that we are aware of. And we, again, we can call it the invisible realm, the unseen, the spirit realm. These things exist. We're aware of the physical realities. But there are people uh, that are mentioned in Scripture uh, that recognized the unseen. And by doing so, it changed their lives. It changed their destiny. It changed their ability to do things. Uh, Moses was one of those guys. Uh, 
Moses is, you know, back from the book of Exodus, way in the, in the second book of your Bible. But he's referenced in Hebrews, and it, it says this about him in Hebrews eleven twenty seven: By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. All right. What did Moses do? He endured because he saw an invisible person? Yes. As Now, did he see him? I don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean he saw him with his physical eyes, but he had his focus, his gaze upon an invisible one, which is God. And because he did that, he was able to not be afraid of the king, who, uh, you know, a king in those days, those pharaohs, they could take you out in an instant. He was not afraid of them, and he was able to endure all the hardships that were, and the people coming against him, because he kept his eyes on an invisible one. I could tell you testimony after testimony, if I would allow myself to go down a different path here, uh, but, uh, I, but uh, of individuals who I was a part of it, and I was able to shift their focus, by, with God's help, shift their focus just a little bit to look at the Lord, and as soon as it happened, miracles happened in their, in their body. Literally, healings happened in their body, and nothing happened more than they got their eyes off the problem, and they got their eyes onto the invisible one. And just like that, he was able to do what he wanted to do in their life. Amazing things can happen. So I want to be like Moses in this regard and endure the physical by seeing the spiritual. Okay, I've got to do that on purpose, by the way, simply because I don't see the spiritual. I can't look and, 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 and observe these things. And so some will choose to gaze on this while others focus only on the seen realm. But consider what exists in the spirit. I don't know everything that's there. And God manifests himself in amazing ways at times. But I know, I know for certain that in the realm of the spirit there are angels, for example. We could, we could do a long study on that. There are angels. There are angels in the room here. There are angels, whether seen or not. I don't need to see them. I believe. All right. Uh, there are demons in the world today. Demons. Evil spirits, we could say. Evil spirits. They exist in the unseen realm. Uh, there's God himself, right? God exists in the unseen realm. We don't see him, but oh, I tell you, when you look at him, you see the evidence of him manifest in your life, right? Technically, there are human spirits in the room right here. Now, we're inside of bodies, but that is also, that's the part of us that is in the unseen world. You don't see the human spirit, but it exists inside the physical body. And so uh, it's not that one of these realms is more real than, than another. It's not like, well, this, this is real. I'm talking about real life here. You ever someone, hear someone talk? I'm talking about reality now. Let's come back to reality. The physical world is not more real than the spirit world. I mean, if you had to compare, you would say, well, the physical world was created by the spiritual world, and so you don't have to lean towards the other side. But just, it's just the realm in which we were in. In other words, I, really, I don't have first-hand experience with this, but I really believe that, that if there's an angel here and an angel here, and, and they wanted to do some high fives, you know, like we do, that they would make contact. In other words, it's not like, well, they're spirits. 
And so they're kind of like, you know, transparent. <laughs> and uh, they're not really, there's no substance there. No, no, no. That, that's, that's in that realm, there would be total substance. Does that make sense? Uh, and so all these things do exist. It's not that the spirit realm is less real because people are less aware of it. It's just the more we can learn about what is and what can happen by being conscious of it, the more we can take advantage of both physical and spiritual realities. We are called to live in both worlds. But yet some and many in the church world today, they just live natural lives, natural physical lives. They're not taking advantage of spiritual realities. So, so we're going to learn a little bit more, and we're going to grow in this, yeah? Uh, even in, if you, you, you can read different stories in, in, in different parts of the Bible about experiences that people had where God gave them insight, pulled the veil back and allowed people to see in the Spirit. Happened all over, all over the place. Quite a few examples. One of them is, is in Second Kings where the prophet Elisha and his servant were being surrounded by an army, a physical, natural army that wanted to kill them. And uh, uh, Elisha's servant was, was quite concerned about their, their plight and about what was about to happen to him. And the prophet was very much unconcerned. And he's like, Psh, nothing. I mean, the hillside is covered with an army. They're, all their guns are pointed at them, you know, if they had guns. <laughs> all their arrows and stuff. They're about to take him out. And, and he's not concerned at all. You know what, what, what was his reasoning? He said, he said, there are more with us than against us. There are more that are for us than those who are against us. What? Are you crazy? What, what, what are you seeing here? And obviously he did see something. Because then he asked the, the father. He asked God. He said, open his eyes. Let him see what I see. Let him see what's going on. And all of a sudden, he saw, they saw a, ho a host of angelic activity. All the army of heaven was, was there surrounding them. And then the end of the story, they won, of course. Uh, but there was a whole lot of spiritual activity that if you didn't know it was there, it's like, oh, junk, we are in trouble. <laughs> we are in trouble <laughs> right here. But when you're aware of spiritual activity, all of a sudden, your confidence goes up and say, we've got this. And so that happens more often than we're made aware of it. Our job is not to try to see the spiritual army. Our job is not to try to see a, a, an angel or a demon. Our job is to walk with God and trust Him and believe that things are happening independent of our seeing. And by the way, He's very much pleased with that. He chose to make it this way, that we would walk by faith and not by sight. Is sight superior to faith? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Faith is superior to seeing. Yeah. Some of you are stumbling over that in your, in your heads for a moment. Uh, but listen, there is a constant intersection between the physical world and the spiritual world. There is influence going both directions. Meaning, what happens in the physical world influences the spiritual world, which then in turn influences the physical world again. When we see that pr progression and how it works, we start to say, okay, how can I influence the spiritual cause and source of this problem? 
when things are going wrong, if there's a spiritual motivation and influence there, how can I change that? And that's the right question. Everybody with me today? Jesus said uh, in Matthew 16, he also used this language in Matthew 18, but in Matthew 16 in verse 19, he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice where the binding and where the loosening happens. It happens when someone on earth decides to bind. When someone on earth decides to loose. We do the binding and loosening. Another way we might say that is when someone in the physical world binds and loosens, then something in the spiritual world is bound or loosed. That then reciprocates and produces an effect or an experience on the earth. In other words, why are some people bound? It's because no one on earth has loosed them. Why are some bound with a problem, with a demonic influence, with something negative? Why are they bound? Because no one has loosed them. Someone say, well, it's because God hasn't. No, 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 it's not because God hasn't. He transferred that ability and that right for us to do it. There is no doubt in my mind that some of us, we're going to slide in, arrive in heaven one day, and we're gonna, there's going to be some questions. Lord, why didn't you do that? And he's going to turn right around and say, actually, I turned that over to you. I was just really wanting you to take care of that. Why didn't you loose me from this bondage? Why didn't you loose yourself from that bondage? It, that is how it works. It's, it kind of, it, it's like while some, in their, you know, their lack of knowledge, it's totally understood, but while some who are uninformed sit around and say, why God? Why, why are you doing this? Why are you letting this happen? Why is this going on? Others are saying, you know what? I'm not going to permit this to happen anymore. And they rise up and say, Satan, stop. I command you to take your hands off this situation and off this person in the name of Jesus. See how that's two totally different reactions to a negative situation? One is saying, why? Help. Why? I don't know. what." And they might be sincere, but it's still a whole other person who recognizes that Jesus said, no, 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 whatever you bind, whatever you loose, that's what's going to be bound and that's what's going to be loosed. Jesus even dealt with a woman one day. She had this, had this problem where she was bent over for, I think, 18 years. She was bent over like, and, and she had this, what was revealed in that passage called a spirit of infirmity. And, and, and Jesus said, because the religious people were fussing with him about her getting healed, it still happens today, by the way. When someone's fussing about healing, eh, healing, healing, healing. <laughs> Pharisees. Side note, that's just bonus material. That was not even covered in the offering, all right? <laughs> uh, but, but, but remember, here's what I'm trying to get to. Uh, Jesus said, ought not this woman, being bound low, I think 18 years, be loosed from her infirmity. In other words, she, he said she ought to be loose, but she's not. All those 18 years, she shouldn't have been that way. 
She was not supposed to be that way. It was not right. She was a child of Abraham, which meant covenant. Daughter of Abraham. Covenant. She had a covenant with God. Even old covenant allowed her to stand up straight. Let alone new covenant. He said, she ought not be this way. She's not supposed to be this way. And people are saying, yeah, 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 you can't do that on the Sabbath day. Right? Said, seriously, daughter of Abraham here. Covenant with God. She ought to be loosed. And so he loosed her. That's the, and that's the language used. It's the same language as he said, now whatever you bind, whatever you lose. Those kind of things happen. Turn over with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. You might be familiar with this passage. If so, good for you. If not, giddy up. Why we're, that's why we're teaching, so you can be aware, right? I didn't always know these, these scriptures. Ephesians 6 and verse 12 reads, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So, so, so what is he saying? He's laying out four categories of evil or demonic spirits, and he said, and basically, they're all, those pe- all those dudes you can't see, right? You can't see them, but he said, you are not fighting with people. Flesh and blood is people. He said, you're not battling, you're not wrestling with them. Here's where your, uh, your, where your opposition is. It is a spiritual opposition. And you notice he didn't say, you're not wrestling with flesh and blood. This is just the sovereign will of God while you're being attacked. He didn't say that either. He said, no, this has nothing to do with people, and it has nothing to do with God. There are evil, demonic spirits out there, different rankings and categories. They are what's coming against you. And the knowledge of this will change our response to attack, to turmoil and hardship. If we're aware of this, we start thinking different. We don't, we're not thinking defeated, helpless, we're saying, well, this is a demonic attack. Have I been given any ability to deal with this? Amen. I know uh, uh, years ago a teenager came to me, and uh, he had gotten saved. His family, they were not believers yet. His parents were not believers, and they were quite harsh with him. They were quite, you know, angry and mean and, and abusive and that's a tough situation for a kid to be in. Um, you know, you're under their authority, and yet they're not nice. <laughs> and yet, what, what are you going to do as a, as, a, as a child or as a teenager even? It's a hard situation. And so he came to me ex- expressing what's been going on and trying to figure out what to do. And when he was sharing with me, this is the verse that came up in my heart. Because you can try to, you know, wrestle with flesh and blood but in that situation it's like that's going to be super difficult to address it that way but this first came up in my heart i said you know what i said what's happening here is not just your parents there is a spiritual motivation behind them there is spiritual activity that is stirring them up against you to treat you in a harsh way i said so let's do this let's deal with the spirit and not with the flesh 
Let's not. And so, and so I told him, don't, don't do anything naturally. Don't say anything to your parents. Don't do anything about this. Don't tell them you talk to me. Don't, nothing. Let's just deal with this in the spirit. And so we did. I mean, it, didn't, it took a minute. And we said, all right, you, you foul spirits, devils that are stirring up and harassing this child of God through his parents, stirring up this anger and, and, and these kind of attitudes and behaviors and on all this wrongdoing, you're attacking a child of God. We command you in the name of Jesus to stop. Desist in your maneuvers. In Jesus' name. Remember him? Jesus. Yeah, him. Amen. Jesus' name. Yeah, that gives him nightmares, by the way. Total flashbacks. Oh, junk. I hate it when that happened. <laughs> when Jesus just totally ruined his day. Kind of like what the Dodgers did to the Brewers last night. Sorry. Any baseball fans in the house? Oh, yeah, we got a few. Come on, boom. <laughs> but we did say what happened it stopped immediately just over no natural explanation all of a sudden they're treating him better all of a sudden their their attitudes changed and that's just proof proof evidence again that what was moving them was not just natural they were being moved by the, an unseen realm what else would explain that why else do people change on a dime Seriously, why, why have some of you changed so dramatically? You came and gave your life to the Lord and started praying, and all of a sudden you act totally different. No one's, no one's twisting your arm, no one's making you do it, but you just you willingly give up finances for the kingdom. You willingly lift your hands in the air to someone you cannot see. What in the world is going on? I, I understand because it happened to me too. There's an unseen realm I've become aware of. Amen. And so, uh, one thing I've been able to notice is that the flesh and the devil work together. You can often see a, 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 a lateral movement. So how do I know what's the flesh and the devil? Well, they're teammates, <laughs> if you will. Look at this verse over here in James chapter 3, up on the screen. It says, the passage is talking about two different kinds of wisdom. This is the bad kind, the selfish wisdom. This wisdom does not descend from above. In other words, not from God, not from heaven, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. There is a wisdom, and it is three things. Look, earthly, sensual, demonic. You I mean, you think earth and you think sensual, that's kind of physical. Sensual meaning the flesh, meaning sensual desires, that kind of stuff. And demonic, well, that's spiritual. There's a connection there. There's spiritual activity, and it tries to work with earthly things and sensual stuff. So if ever we're, we're uh, meditating on, uh, uh, consuming media, entertaining thoughts, and they are earthly, it's all about save the planet, it, or other things. It is sensual. It's all about uh, what I feel. How it makes me feel. Look for a demon behind it. See, what we're endeavoring to do is to look at life. Look at how we live. Look at how we um, discern, make judgments, have opinions about things. 
And we want to do so with the knowledge that it's not all physical. It's not all flesh and blood. There are spiritual motivations behind so much activity. Listen, there are spiritual motivations behind sometimes a person being angry. I know it's flesh. I know it's, I know it's undisciplined flesh, whatever. Someone could be angry and lashing out. But is there a spiritual component to that? If we don't recognize that's the case, then we're just angry at the angry person. There, you know, there are times when we get inspired by the Spirit of God, right? Sometimes when you're praying, sometimes you're worshiping God, it's like, oh, man, He's just given me the words. He's given me the words to pray. He's given me the words to praise Him with. I know in preaching, it happens quite regularly. I'll be teaching along and then, whoop, there's an inspired message, an inspired word. And I love it. I love it. I like it a lot. It's the Spirit of God will bring something out. And it's more than just something I've learned in my head. It's an inspired for the moment. We know that. I know that. I know that. That's just my reality. Okay? That happens on the negative side, too. Sometimes what people say and do, it's inspired. But the question is, by what spirit? Some movies are inspired by some pretty wrong spirits. It's like, what motivates? Some songs are written, and people singing them away, and it was inspired by some suicidal spirit. Or inspired by some spirit of lust. Or, or something else. And what it does to people is it moves them emotionally and mentally in the wrong direction. They think, well, I just like the beat. I know, but... You want to kill yourself when you're done. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't lift your joy, and, it, and it, takes, it takes it away. There are words of inspiration that come from different sources. Christians ought to be discerning and say, this is not just about rules, and you can't listen to this or watch this or go here or participate in this. It's about, I recognize sources of inspiration in many things, many activities in life, and I'm choosing to fellowship with the Spirit of God and not the wrong spirit. So I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to go here. I'm not going to partake in this just because that's the spirit of death in that. And I want to fellowship with the spirit of life. When we see this, we make different decisions. Watch out for everyone talking about how they feel. Remember, sensual. Well, I just feel like maybe you ought to catch yourself if you're speaking that way. Well, I just feel like and say, well, it doesn't matter actually how I feel. Uh, I'm going to go with the truth. I'm going to go with the word. I'm going to go with what thus says the Lord instead of how I feel about it. Well, I just didn't really feel like that was really right. I know, but it might have been right independent of your feeling because that's sensual and demonic. Hallelujah. You look, at the, you look at the political arena in our country today. Does anyone recognize spiritual activity when you see it? Some of the behaviors are absolutely crazy. We should be wise and say, this is an opportunity to pray. This is an opportunity to do things in the spirit realm. Because it's motivating all the violence and all the craziness. It's like, that doesn't seem normal. It's not normal. There are two worlds. 
One's being influenced by the other. We should recognize it. Now, I understand some, some might be jumping all over this and thinking, this is my opportunity to manifest. <laughs> I recognize whenever, whenever you talk about spiritual things and spirit realm and angels and demons and all that kind of stuff, there are those who go too far with it. There are those who get weird with it. I know sometimes there are Christians, especially in the spirit-filled camp, right? They're trying to see something trying to feel something they come in here and they're trying to feel god and trying to you know anything going wrong or looking for a demon around every corner and i'm not advocating that i really think we can be spiritual and normal at the same time we can be wise we can be relatable and we can also be powerful yeah it's not about being crazy and being weird and and unreal you know there was these there were these people years ago we knew that uh they were looking at this house moving into this house and it was an older house and there was a staircase in this house and apparently you know people often tripped on a certain stair in the house multiple times people would always trip on this stair it was an older house my guess is it probably wasn't built to today's codes and standards and normal steps that's my guess you know I I wasn't there but but they what they decided was that, that, that is the house had a demon, and uh, the, that stair in particular had a demon. That's why people tripped over it. I'm just saying I don't really think that way. My first uh, reaction is maybe you ought to get a tape measure <laughs> and just see if you can, I don't know, see how long that demon is and. Maybe he's not the same as the other ones. Maybe that's why people tripped up. Or some other natural. Natu- I'm not talking about avoiding natural common sense and that kind of stuff and understanding of how the physical world operates. We do live in two. I don't want a whole bunch of people who only live in the spirit. We need to live in two realms. God designed it this way. So it is a good idea that we be spiritual people in physical bodies using spiritual power, spiritual knowledge and insight in a physical world, that we take advantage of the use of God's messengers, angels of heaven, to do things on our behalf. We're aware of of problems and how many of them are spiritually originating from demonic forces. And we're not ignorant of, of Satan's devices. But we're aware of how all these things happen, how there is binding and there is loosening, loosening that needs to take place from us when we do we start taking care of business there's a scripture over in in first corinthians chapter 12 in the very first verse i want you to notice what it says in the the tpt it says my fellow believers i don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities and what happens today is is many times people are uh, confused or other translations just say ignorant they're ignorant of spiritual realities. Let's be not among the spooky, those who live in the ozone, we can't relate to, but let's keep our feet planted on the ground. Let's keep our focus on the invisible realm, meaning 
We're seeing Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Our focus is, is on him and all he has done for us, all he has promised us. And, 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 and so we're in the spirit realm and we're in the physical realm at the same time taking care of business. I believe the Lord wants us to, not just to think naturally, but to think spiritually. Even in our age of advanced education and science, let's not be duped to thinking, if it can't be seen, it's not there. No, there's a whole bunch that is happening, has happened, and will happen in our lives that has a, a huge spiritual component to it. We'll recognize it. We learn when to pray and when to say and when to resist, and when to handle things from a spiritual vantage point. Amen. Let's be wise unto salvation. Let's be wise in the Spirit. This is and will be a spiritual house. Okay? This is not all natural here. Do we handle things naturally as best we can? Absolutely. We're going to clean the carpet. We're, we're going to organize the the house and in every physical way and take care of things best way we can naturally but if that's all we're doing probably the you know city hall looks pretty good well i know it does because they took a lot of my money to build it <laughs> oh sorry that's a side note <laughs> but you mean a church is different than that we want to do good with the natural stuff but we want to have a spiritual element where we recognize you know this person's suffering and it's not just a natural resolution. We need to pray and deal with this right here, right now. Amen. As we pray here today, I have more to say, but we'll come back next week and say more. As we pray here today, maybe maybe some of you are recognizing some opposition in your own family, in your own house, where there, you know, there's strife and there's uh, something that you might have thought, ah, it's just it's just them. Well. Maybe they're being moved by something that you can have an influence on. You don't take authority over the person, but the influence behind them. Maybe that's something you can, you can deal with right here. We have a name. You remember that name? The name of Jesus. It's a name above every name. When Jesus walked around in his ministry, you remember? Demons would cry out and say, we know who you are. We know who you are. You, Jesus, you son of God, have you come to torment us before the time? Demons would recognize him. They'd speak out through people. So we know that's one of the realities of the spirit realm. Some of us are known in the spirit. But then there was those other guys over in Acts 19. You remember them? They were, called, they were, they were seven guys, seven sons of a guy named Sceva. And these seven sons, it's, Scripture says they were Jewish exorcists so they go around trying to cast demons out of people the problem is they weren't saved so they're trying to get demons out with you know they're recognizing spiritual activity they know that it's real but they're not really authorized to do anything and so one day they go to this guy and they said we adjure thee we you know tried to move this spirit out they said in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches yeah. In other words, they, saw, they heard about Paul and how Paul was having so much great success and Paul would go around speaking the name of Jesus and things would happen. So they said, let's use that name. Not the other Jesus, because you know, sometimes there's more than one Jesus in different cultures. In, in Spanish, you know, Jesus and all that. So you had to be specific. So which Jesus? The one that Paul preaches. And uh, 
And, but they didn't know Jesus personally. And so what happened is that demon in that dude basically messed them up. He jumped on them, beat them to the pulp, and they ran out of there without their clothes. And here, but here's what the demon said. He said, when they said that, he said, he said uh, Paul I know and Jesus I know. Who are you? So some are known in the spirit and others are not. Yeah? So I don't want to do anything in the name of Jesus that Paul knows, in the name of Jesus that Pastor Mark knows. Uh, you need to know him personally. When, uh, then when it's uh, spirit, I, I command you to come out in the name of Jesus. You remember him? He's my Lord and he's my master. He's my savior and he kicked your butt. I mean with two T's. He's the one who stripped you of all your power and authority. He's the one who took the keys of hell and of death, right? And gave them over to us, the church. I'm speaking in his name. And flashbacks and memories, nightmares go through his face because he trembles at that name. When you and I know that name and we say, no, you're not going to have any business in my family anymore. My finances, I'm done with being messed up. I'm done with living in poverty and constantly struggling in my financial life. Say, well, I just thought that was my problem with how I spend money or my, I didn't make enough at my job. There's always a natural component to that. But when someone constantly struggles, there's something going on there. You break the power of it in Jesus' name. It's a spiritual attack. What happens when the power is broken? Opportunities come. I start to think clearer. I start to make wiser decisions with my finances. The blessing of God flows again. Amen. Praise God. Wow, that's a whole lot. like a whole other message right there. You guys all have all afternoon? We could just go into it. <laughs> no, but we're going to pray. I'm just saying right now, if you need to deal with stuff, let's just do it. You can do it right there when you, in your seat. Amen. Strife in the home, marriage issues. I know there's natural components to it. I'm not ignoring that, but there are spiritual components. Do you recognize them? Father, in Jesus' name.